This morning's psalm lesson comes to us from Psalm 91. Psalm 91, verses 1 through 2 and 9 through 16. It is the psalm that the devil repeats to Jesus. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the Most High your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. No scourge can come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Those who love me I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. And the gospel lesson that comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Holy Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me. And I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, if you are the son of God, Throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord God to your test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
I know how I feel. If I've missed a lunch on any given day, if I've missed a lunch by 4 p.m., I am generally ready to gnaw my arm off. Notice I haven't missed many lunches. If anyone came with by with a cookie or a piece of cake or a snack or one of Diane St. John's okra rolls, I would devour them. I'd devour them. I, I, I don't know that I could resist the temptation. But no food for 40 days? 40 days. Think about what Luke has just told us. Luke presents to us a peek, a peek into the dialogue between the devil, Satan, and Jesus. And, and, and to look at the three powerful traditions offered to interpret God's words through Jesus and in Jesus. These, these would certainly have been possibilities that his, his followers and members of the early church would have wondered about as they tried to understand their ministries, their calls, and who Jesus was. Luke assures us that Jesus is not separated from God's love. That is paramount to Luke. Jesus is never separated from God's love. Because the Holy Spirit fills him at the end of this event and at the beginning of the event, which was his baptism. And even in the moment of the encounter with the devil, Jesus has had a visionary experience. What did that experience mean for his future? For his future. The story is set in the wilderness, a place where the prophets like Moses and, and Elijah began their ministries. It's the place where Israel itself was birthed as a people on their journey to the promised land. Jesus' time there of fasting, a time of testing, and presumably a time of prayer. Testing, or in the Greek, perismos, perismos, means temptation. This temptation, these temptations that, that Jesus has, are not to do th with things that are desirable, but, and not good for him, like my temptations of eating an okra roll or a piece of chocolate pie. Rather, these, these tests are to see whether even good things, good things can lure Jesus from a focus on God's call. Or can it lure believers into following a more comfortable Messiah? Notice, notice in two of the temptations, the first one, and the last one, notice in two of the temptations, the devil tried to put his hook and catch Jesus. 
with a challenging statement. If you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, Jesus was just baptized and heard God say, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Does Jesus really believe what he just heard? Will God make good on the implied pronouncement? Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Let's find out before you go charging off doing your ministry into dangerous places. So you say your charge is to feed the hungry. The devil challenges Jesus not to do bad things. The first, to turn a stone into a loaf of bread would certainly alleviate his satiable hunger after a long 40-day fast. Man, so by association, if he could just turn that stone into bread, he could also turn the abundant stones that, 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 that are around Israel's landscape, these stones that cover Israel's landscape into ample food to feed the many hungry people in a land that's often racked by famine, which in fact, they are in the midst of. Hmm. The devil's challenge is to be a new Moses, a new leader for and of the people. And Jesus' reply draws on Moses himself, citing Deuteronomy 8.3. Friends, bread is good, but not sufficient to define Jesus' mission. Hmm. So you are to rule the world with justice. Hmm, with justice. Really, Jesus? See, the devil is portrayed in the role of ruler of the world, who can manage the governance of the whole kingdoms of the earth? But for the price of worshiping and honoring the authority that the devil has, the devil will hand it over to Jesus, hand it all. Imagine ruling the world, taking over the Roman Empire, all the world will bow at his knees. Surely a regime, a regime change can, from, from the evil Roman Empire can only be good for the world. Yet Jesus' answer is no. The price is too high. Even to acknowledge the self-evident power the devil has, Jesus' reply is from Deuteronomy 6. The Shema. All the authority belongs to God. 
So even playing the world's game for a good purpose would be risk, would be to risk serving something less than other than God. Hmm. Hmm. So you are to serve God faithfully. Oh, so righteous. The test concludes in Jerusalem, the place where Jesus' ministry will culminate in his passion and his resurrection appearances. He uses God's scriptures, Psalm 91, not to challenge and to try to compound the question of faithfulness, but spouting a quotation from God's holy word, God's promises of protection to those that are righteous. The temple is the place where the presumably most righteous hang out. The priests, where they carry out their work, go there, the devil challenges, go there and test it out. Surely, Jesus, surely, Jesus, you know that many of those professional religious people are living out their roles among Israel's elites, working hand in glove with the Roman Empire, with the Roman occupiers, to the detriment of the poor and the suffering. Surely reform is in order. Surely. Again, Jesus replies from Deuteronomy. Don't put the Lord God to the test. Now, Jesus' successful completion of the test sends the devil packing, but sends him packing until an opportune time, an opportune time when the devil enters Judas to launch the events of the Passion. What we see in the Passion and Jesus' ministry His earthly ministry is the meaning of Jesus' baptismal commission and how it unfolds and the tests that he endured in the desert. Though he refused to turn stones into bread, he does feed the hungry by multiplying the loaves and fishes. He feeds 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. Though he refused political power, the proclamation of God's empire of justice and peace is the focus of his preaching and teaching. Though he refused to jump off the temple to see if God would send the angels to catch him, he goes to the cross with confidence. That God's will for life will trump the world's decision to execute him. Friends, we remember all of this. We remember his trials. We remember his teachings. We remember his life. We remember his death. We remember his resurrection at this table his table, and what this truly meant, that he gave his body and blood so that we might be forgiven and receive eternal life. Our Lord and Savior now invites us all, 
all of us that are baptized in the triune God to sup with him and the communion of saints and rejoice. Rejoice as we partake in his meal now and forevermore. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Ken Goodrich, and I'm humbled that you took the time to listen to this podcast. I pray that the Holy Spirit moves you to ministry and that if you don't have a church home, that you are able to find one. Please feel free to tune in on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 12.20 p.m. for our Bible studies, on Thursdays at 10 a.m. for our Learning Center courses, and of course on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. for our worship. Just go to fpclc.org to see all our various programs and events. Thanks again, and God bless you and keep you safe. May God embrace you and keep you in his countenance. Peace.